for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hey y'all, it's Courtney. I'm here to introduce our topic for the month of July. Since we just celebrated our independence as a nation, we thought a good theme for this month would be freedom. So we all chose our own path down this topic, and I think it's going to be a really good month. I chose to talk about Christian liberty and how through Jesus Christ, God has given us freedom from sin not to sin. So some people get a little confused and they really struggle when we talk about freedom in Christ and the grace of God. They try to twist it into, um, I can live however I want because I'm saved and sealed into the day of redemption. But I want to use 1 Corinthians chapter 8 today to show you how the Bible actually teaches us the opposite. We're saved and we're sealed into the day of redemption, so we should live like it. We know that the Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians 14.33 that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Satan is the author of confusion. John 8.44 teaches us everything we need to know about the character of Satan. It says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Satan has been trying since way back in the Garden of Eden to sow seeds of confusion. He uses it as one of his number one tactics in his battle against Christians. If he can get us, like he did Eve, to doubt what God actually says, then he can eventually get us to change our minds. I mean, think about it. If you just have a passing knowledge of the Bible or even just your parents' views about what the Bible says, then when Satan comes along and starts trying to confuse you, he doesn't have to work very hard. But if you study your Bible, if you read it every day, and you try to apply its principles in your everyday living, then it's going to be near impossible for him to trick you into believing a lie. He doesn't just come out guns blazing with this big, huge flaming lie. No, he twists the truth just a little so that it sounds right to the mind that hasn't committed it to memory. It's just familiar enough to sound right. I mean, he's tricky. I'll tell you like I tell my kids, this ain't his first rodeo. So I said all that to say, if you don't know God's word for yourself, it's going to be easy for Satan to change your mind. You know how passionate I am about getting into God's word every single day. And this is one of the reasons. Just look at how confused our world is today. There are principles in scripture that are clearly laid out on white paper with black ink. Principles that our nation was founded on just under 250 years ago. And Satan has already muddied the waters enough that our founding fathers would never believe the things that are taking place here. I mean, this is roughly only seven to ten generations since our nation was founded. It is so important that we ourselves study God's Word and let it guide our way of life. And it's just as important for us to teach our children to do the same thing. So, all that was intro. (laughs) Let's get down to 1 Corinthians 8. Here in this chapter, Paul is answering questions that the church in Corinth had. In chapter 8, he starts answering this question, Can Christians eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols? Now, this was a pretty controversial topic back then. It was very prevalent in their day. 
but we know it doesn't really apply to us. But I want you to remember that the Bible is a book that is full of principles. And a lot of the information, although it's not written to us, is written for us so that we can learn from it. So we can look at this same topic in a different light for Christians in 2022. Instead of talking about eating meat sacrificed to idols, we can use this as a lead into a topic about Christian liberty. There are so many topics that Christians call gray areas, but in actuality, if you read and study your Bible, you'll find a biblical principle that can apply to what you're facing today. So a few months ago, you know, I did a scripture writing plan about social media. Now, there's no talk in the Bible about social media. Instagram and Facebook are not (laughs) mentioned, but I used biblical principles from scripture that we can apply to our social media usage. So it's kind of the same thing for our Christian liberty. Paul points out in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Just because the Bible doesn't specifically say it's wrong or just because the law doesn't say it's wrong doesn't mean that a Christian should do it. In 1 Corinthians 8, 4, Paul starts to address this question of should I or shouldn't I, as a Christian, eat this meat that's been offered to idols? And he says, As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom all of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. He says, look, we know these little g-gods, they're nothing. They're not real. They can't hurt us. They can't contaminate our food that's used for their idols. We know the big g-god, the one real god, the god that created everything. And then he goes on in verse 7, and he says, how be it? That word, how be it, means but, nevertheless, even though. So he says, how be it? There is not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat or for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. He says, Look, we know this, but some people they don't understand it yet. Younger Christians, they don't understand this truth yet. Meat doesn't make us closer or farther away from God. It's not about what we eat. You have to remember, these people, they were getting saved out of this pagan lifestyle. They couldn't understand why Christians would be eating this meat that had been sacrificed to these other gods. And Paul goes on to say, starting in verse 9, he says, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee which hast knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. He says, look, I know it, you know it, but they don't understand it yet. Don't let the liberty that you have be a stumbling block for your weaker brethren. And I love the Thayer's definition of a stumbling block. It says, an obstacle in the way which if one strikes his foot against it, he stumbles or falls. 
So when that happens, when we create a stumbling block in front of our weaker brothers and sisters, we are sinning against Christ. Paul says that if something as little as meat makes his brother stumble, he won't eat it as long as he lives. He makes a personal sacrifice in his life so that those around him won't take it the wrong way or by not understanding, sin themselves. Now, in our me-first culture, we might sometimes be prone to ask, well, why do I have to give up something? Or why does I have to make my life harder just because of how other people might perceive what I'm doing? Well, I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 10. And we're going to start in verse 23. It says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. That word wealth, it means well-being. Don't seek your own well-being. Seek another man. Seek the other man. Seek your brethren's wealth. Wow. (laughs) Paul keeps going in this passage. He's still talking about meat offered to idols over in chapter 10, and he continues in verse 25. He says, Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, that eat, asking no question for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience' sake. But if any man say unto you, This is offered in sacrifice to idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? That word conscience is so important here. It's just that inner man. It's knowing what's good and what's bad. It's knowing what to commend and what to condemn. But Warren Wearsby makes a very good point. He says, conscience depends on knowledge. The more spiritual knowledge we know and act on, the stronger the conscience will become. There are all kinds of reasons that a Christian might have a weaker conscience. They may have just been saved, or they may not read and study their Bible. But he goes on in verse 30 and says, For if I, by grace, be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? And here it is. Here's the answer to our selfish way of thinking. In verse 31, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. It is not about you. It is not about me. It's all for God's glory and to see others saved. Man, (laughs) that is so convicting. And if you want to read a little bit more on the topic, uh, Romans 14 is a really good chapter, kind of talks about the same thing. I don't really have time to um, go into everything, but it's not about judging them for what they eat or judging them for what they don't eat. It's about what the Word of God says, what you know the Word of God says, what God spoke to your heart about, and what your conscience, based on the Word of God, tells you to do and not do. And I don't mean whatever feels right, or I don't mean follow your heart. I mean, get in the Word of God, study the Word of God, find out what His Word says, and then do that. And I love that Paul wrote some other books of the Bible. He also wrote Galatians. And in chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, he says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, not for your own selfish desires, 
but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So when we talk about Christian liberty, we don't it's we don't mean you're free to live however you want, you're free to sin, you're free to fulfill your flesh. That's not what we're talking about. Although you are free to do those things because God gives us a free will, because you are saved, there's a certain way that God wants you to live. And you should use your Christian liberty to live that way, and you should use your Christian liberty to encourage others to live that way. Never, ever, ever use your liberty as a stumbling block to your brother. Joining us today on her portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's Word. We encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the Scriptures. Until next time.